Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. So, in case you missed it, uh, I did yesterday, so Sunday, did a uh, basketball recap, talked about the new football commitment as well as uh, Rivas's injury in baseball. If you missed any of that, uh, hang this up right now. Go back one episode and you can hear a more in-depth conversation about those three things that happened over the weekend. Today's episode is just the live chat. So, did the Sunday night live chat, talked a little bit about all of those things because that's what people are wanting to talk about, but kind of a hodgepodge of, uh, of conversation. There were some state fans in there as well, so a little bit of state conversation. I know that uh, that's not what you guys are here for, but you know, if I'm going to do the, uh, the live chat, I might as well bring it to you to, to get your week started, so that's why you'll hear some of that as, uh, as well. But I'm glad you're here nonetheless and appreciate you checking out the podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Rebel Report. And uh, if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And we'll get to it right after I tell you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If your Mississippi business is located anywhere, in this state, if your Mississippi business is in Mississippi, anywhere, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you for all of your office technology needs. absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard bank with me. Because, I mean, I made the switch because Priority One Bank makes me their priority. They've got local loan servicing and decision-making, so it's somebody that you're not hopping on Zoom or, or talking to who's out of state. Like at my previous bank, it's somebody that you'll sit down with and get to know face-to-face because, again, Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is. This is the Sunday live chat talking all kinds of stuff uh, about the... No good, very bad sports weekend here in uh, in Mississippi. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of said live chat. There's basketball that will also actually, ooh, I just thought of that. Basketball throws a wrench into the plans. We will do a post-game basketball show tomorrow night. That's what we'll do. We'll do a post-game uh, basketball reaction show, and that will be... Uh, that will be tomorrow's podcast, so be on the lookout for uh, for that one, and I'll see you then. So uh, again, enjoy the uh, the live chat, and I'll talk to you guys after the South Carolina game tomorrow. See you then. A uh, a no good, very bad weekend in sports. So uh, Ole Miss got smoked essentially at home in the second half. They had a nine point lead at halftime and and got blown out and uh, weird phenomenon there. Mississippi State was absolutely non-competitive in their basketball game. Ole Miss has a a member of their starting rotation go down for the season. 
our pets' heads are falling off. It was uh, just one of those. And, you know, I, I saw something a while ago and it kind of stuck with me that uh, we don't, we're not sports fans for joy. No, that's where everybody gets it wrong. We, we don't love sports because it brings us joy. We love sports because we can mutually feel and share in misery. It's like the only thing in the world that we can share with the community in misery. That's why we love sports so much. That kind of, uh, that kind of stuck with me there. So um, a lot to get to. I know there's the SEC Big Ten merger thing. We can talk about that if you guys want to talk about that tonight. Um, but I'm going to do a video on that because there was more reporting from Ross Dellinger tonight about how the SEC and the Big Ten aren't exactly in line with the future of the college football playoff. A, a breakaway is coming, but there's a lot to digest with the news. This is not like the alliance that the Pac-12 and Big 12 and it's not that alliance. This is something a lot more serious and and necessary. But also, I think that we are just on step one of a larger uh, expected plan. Let's uh, let's put it that way. So I'm going to do a video on that probably tomorrow, definitely sometime this week, because there's a lot to digest with that merger and quite fr- or not not merger that partnership, if you will. But uh, there's a there's a lot to digest with it, and I kind of want to just work through it. Uh, without, frankly, a live audience. I just kind of want to be able to to like sit and write it out and plan it out uh, as opposed to doing it live. So that'll that'll come later on. But we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, as, as you know, if you want to avoid the sports that happened this weekend, I understand it was not uh, not a banner, banner weekend uh, around here. So the state women won. You know, there's that. Demario Davis was the Pro Bowl defensive MVP, so that's good. Uh, the Saints made a really quality hire for offensive coordinator. And, like, I know Saints fans are, are just super cynical about Dennis Allen right now, and understandably so. I'm not going to try to tell them that their feelings are, are incorrect because they are perfectly uh, within reason. However, I do think there are some people that are still, like, like forcing criticism when you got to give credit where it's due sometimes. Dennis Allen made a really freaking good hire at offensive coordinator. Like, really good. A lot better than I and most people expected him to be able to do. Just give credit where it's due. You you can think that he's not, you know, good enough to be the coach of the franchise. I get that. You can think that he's a bum. I understand that. Like, the criticize when warranted. But don't blind yourself to the good just because you, you don't like the person doing the good. Uh, and Dennis Allen made a really quality hire. So, and and that's a good thing. Be happy about it. But otherwise, pretty awful uh, around here. So, uh, glad to see you, Tim. I, I'm glad you're at least happy after the uh, the weekend that was. Glad to see you. Felt like Ole Miss, uh, second message here, felt like Ole Miss faced a team that once they found their footing was just better than them in all phases. Ran out of gas after an amazing start. Wasn't winning that game without Sharp, or with Sharp anyway. Um, yeah. I think you saw what this Ole Miss team is missing. Um, and it's offense out of their bigs. That that was a huge difference with, with, with Broom. And I said this on the podcast earlier, so forgive the repetition uh, for those of you that listen to the podcast. But that's you saw the difference there, especially as, as Auburn had bigs that could score. 
um, and almost did not run good offense uh, at all uh, in the second half. And, and Murray had a really bad game, which won't be typical for him. He's better than he played, but you know he's a human being, and bad games do happen sometimes because he's not a basketball playing robot. He is a human. Had an off night. It's uh, it's okay, but that was the biggest difference in in my mind was. Auburn had skilled offensive big men and almost is not. And um, I know there was a lot of other things that happened in that game too, but that was the glaring thing to me is Auburn had skilled offensive bigs and, and Ole Miss did not. So, you know, it, it it's, it's a loss to an elite team. Uh, I haven't looked at the net yet. I would, I wouldn't imagine it really harmed them any. Let's see. College basketball net rankings. I guess I should have had that up. Also, I'm I'm having some sinus issues. My four-time annual uh, sinus issues, and so forgive me if I'm if I'm not sounding right. And I'll try to mute every time I need to, you know, do my thing. So please forgive me for that. Let's see. Uh, Ole Miss's net. Okay, they only dropped two spots in the net. Sixty-one is still a bit ridiculous, uh, considering that they are eighteen and four. But that loss really didn't hurt them at all. Um, Auburn's going to beat a lot of people. It's a really good Auburn team. There, there's still great opportunities ahead of that team. They are still way ahead of schedule. You know, it's fine. Uh, two really tough games ahead, but a lot of opportunities for wins as well. You know, you've got Missouri on the schedule a couple times. You, you got Georgia, who's tough but winnable. Mississippi State's tough, especially on the road, but winnable. You get A and M at home. You know, there, there's still a lot of opportunity. Uh, for for them to to get enough wins to have a tournament case. So uh, yesterday didn't change any of that at all. You know, it's early, but you can't and you can't take much away from scrimmages, but pitching has dominated this weekend scrimmages for state. They had scores of four to three and four to zero. Uh, you need to hear that. Uh, absolutely. And especially because you think anyway, and, and they should be pretty formidable uh, on offense. There's a lot of returning guys that have done a lot of really good things in the SEC there. So that that should be encouraging. Uh, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach, though, with with both of these teams uh, until proven otherwise. And and frankly, for State, uh, I'm not being flippant. I I think, Hunter, you would agree with this, that the non-conference schedule is so bad that it's going to really be hard to get a read on them unless they're stacking losses. But uh, that is an encouraging sign for sure, uh, because I, I do think right now at least the offense should be better uh, than their pitching staff, or at least you thought it would be. And so that uh, that certainly is encouraging. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'll take the I'll believe it when I see it approach with both of these teams. I know there's talent there. I know that this is optimism season, and I respect that. Uh, I am an optimistic sports fan myself. So uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say, actually, you guys are dumb. Your teams are going to suck. And I'm, no, I'm just going to wait and see. Uh, they both have the chance to be quite good. And they both have a chance to finish uh, among the bottom of the SEC. So um, I, I'm, I'm not going to be two weekends in telling you how great the teams are. If they look good, we'll talk about how good they look. If they look bad, we'll talk about how bad they look. But there's going to be a caveat for a while uh, just because of what happened a year ago. So what do I think Chris Beard's next signing class will look like? Don't they already have uh, in that class done? Uh, so they got a McDonald's All-American big man. Uh, so, so that's big, uh, his la- John Bull, and he's not related to ball ball or minute ball, just, he's a different ball, but, um, it, he'll be very important because they need skilled 
big men for sure. But I, I would imagine a, a lot of it's going to be through transfer portal. I, I have a feeling that they're going to attack the portal uh, pretty hard as uh, as well. But I mean, there was a big visitor. I think it was on Tuesday night, right? They had a five star in. Uh, he is elevating the recruiting profile there for sure. If you wanted me to give you names, I, I, I can't, uh, especially with how things shift so dramatically, especially in basketball. There are guys that will be on Ole Miss's team next year that are currently playing uh, college basketball for somebody else at the moment. That's just kind of how it works. But um, I expect it to be quite good because already you you can see that he has raised the recruiting profile there. So. It was like watching Ole Miss football playing Georgia. It's 14-14, and it looks fun, and then the difference sets in. The pavilion, though, has turned into one of the very best environments in the SEC very quickly, and it starts with students. It starts with students. Uh, that That is the environment setter in college sports, really, like all together. But with where they're configured around the court, that helps a ton. But um, it, it starts there when you have a student crowd that's as engaged as, as Ole Miss's students are, then it's infectious and it bleeds into everybody else. And, and you love to see it. I've been telling people for years that, that and there's a small minority, I think that's what it is, of people that, that think that just nobody cares about basketball in Mississippi. That's bull. That's complete bull. And you've seen the atmospheres. Uh, because, and it's, it's not just that people are going. You know, it'd be different if people were just going, but it was still sleepy. Like, I've been to NBA games where the arena is full and the atmosphere is sleepy. People aren't just going to the games. They are into them. Like, it matters. There's emotion tied into the game and not just a butt in a seat because it's what you do this time of year every year. It matters to people. It clearly matters to people, and you can feel it. You can see it through the television. I've I've talked to enough people. Um, Bruce Pearl uh, was not just giving compliments for the sake of them when he talked about it. It's uh, it's real, and State's done the same thing. It's There's real emotion tied into basketball, though, and you saw it yesterday. It, that was an emotional environment in a good way, and and you love it, or you should love it. I love it. That's what it's supposed to be about, and that can can change games. It didn't yesterday, but it can. And it will. If crowds like that continue to show up, that will be the difference between winning and losing. Hell, you could, if you asked Chris Beard and the team, what was the X factor in the state game? The crowd. I mean, it's awesome. It is that I can't think of any more adjectives. I've kind of run out of them, and I kind of feel like I'm a broken record repeating the same thing. But seeing basketball matter in this state makes me truly, like, it brings me joy. It makes me happy. It really does. Because I hated, I mean, I've I've been here on the sports show for eight years. No, seven years. Um, it'll be eight years in September. And we have not had the emotion tied into basketball, but it's not because the people didn't care. It's because the teams weren't giving you anything to care about. Generally speaking, we've had the occasional, you know, Moody at Old Miss state has made the tournament a couple of times here in recent history. So there's been that, but this has always been primed to be what it is. 
Can't. I mean, I, I, I'm just thrilled with this. State can turn it around from their three to six start, but man, they cannot afford to lose really any of these next few games. The non-competitiveness is what concerns me. Where is any consistency? Yeah, I mean, the schedule does set up well, but you're exactly right. I mean, they are wildly inconsistent, uh, especially offensively. And so when you run into a team that's just hot, are they going to be able to score with them? Um, And the answer is not always going to be yes. And that isn't for anybody, but you you get my point. I'm concerned about the lack of offensive weapons uh, for, for Mississippi State. I mean, Hubbard... He's streaky. He's a freshman. Um, and Tolu can get schemed out of the game. And so who is your next best scoring option? Uh, I mean, they've been better, certainly, the, this year than last year, for sure. But still, it's they're, they're streaky and inconsistent. And defensively, they're streaky and, and inconsistent as well. Really can't afford to, to lose any of these, you know, games that you look at as Ws. If they drop one, they're going to be kind of in trouble the metrics like them but the conference record being what it is is an issue right now felt like the game was lost when when we being Ole Miss was only up nine at the half it should have been a lot bigger it, it really should have they, they missed opportunities in the first half to kind of make that game you know insurmountable and and get like Auburn kind of out of it uh, but just so many offensive rebounds that Auburn was able to get in the first half um that um, in hindsight, that killed them because especially when Auburn made that shot right before the buzzer, they got to go in with a little momentum and feeling like, you know, okay, played really poorly, but it's single digits, you know, come out in the second half, make some shots and we'll be fine. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Ole Miss could have had it instead of a nine point lead, a 19 point lead in the first half if they were just able to grab a few rebounds. They are a, a, a shockingly bad rebounding team. One of the worst in the nation. Truly, one of the worst in the, the nation. So, 18-4 and four is way exceeding expectations for almost basketball. It, it, not, not even close. Uh, not, not, I mean, exceeding expectations is underselling what they should be as of this moment versus what uh, that they are. But it, it's, it's undeniable. It's un, undeniable. Don't worry, though, guys. Auburn people claiming a football win on Saturday after a basketball game is not reality. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, that that discourse between Ole Miss Twitter and Auburn Twitter finds its way into my timeline quite often. And, um, Edward, they are it, – I think it's very obvious what's going on here. They are – desperate for a win that, that that's what it is that they're, they're clinging on to anything that feels good because football which is what drives everything as you guys know is in bad shape and they know it and so they project we've talked about that before uh, I compared uh, them to my four-year-old which I was very proud of that comparison but that that's what's going on that's that's all the social media stuff and, and all that. That's It's projection because football is what matters the most. The football team was bad, and staff turnover was insane, and the hiring process for that staff didn't go particularly well. Uh, they are losing the 
the PR battle, which doesn't matter. Other schools have hired DJ Durkin, but Auburn doesn't like being criticized for the hirings that they make because it's, I mean, you know this, you, you know all about how things are viewed over there. And, and when people are um, giving them a hard time for hiring Hugh Freeze and then DJ Durkin, um, it, all of the, all of that stuff is projection. It's all, it's all football. It's all based on football and, and how that's going and how that's been going and it's projection. That is exactly what's happening. They, they can call it something else. I have seen this like in individual people in my personal life. I've seen it in my toddler and I see it with, with Auburn fans that find their way into my timeline. That is what's going on. And I understand it. I, I would be deeply concerned too. You're in this portal NIL era. You're in the era of volatility. And and things just don't look right and feel right right now. And oh, but but the recruiting, the high school recruiting class, that that's awesome. Um, it's just that's not meaningful uh, anymore, especially when it's offensive loaded with wide receivers. That, that's that, that's not that's not the way that they're going to dig themselves out of this hole. And I think they know it. Apparently, Kalen DeBoer's reach. DeBoer staff reached out to Arizona's quarterback when he never entered the portal. Think the NCAA tries to do anything with potential tampering in the midst of all these lawsuits. They can try. Uh, that's just extremely hard to prove. You know, it's really, really hard to prove uh, unless they have, you know, screenshots of text messages that can be directly traced back to Kalen DeBoer or anybody on his staff, it's just tampering is just so, so very, very hard to prove. Um, it, no, I mean, the NCAA is going to try to to continue to flex their muscle. You've seen the press releases uh, going after Tennessee and contradicting themselves. And um, they, they even did the scare tactic of if we let pay for play happen, which is so just hilariously ignorant, but if you guys didn't see it, the NCAA responded to Tennessee going after them, basically saying that if we allow for pay for play, only a handful of schools are going to be competitive. Um, and that was a scare tactic that some people in media uh, came up with. And if you listen to our radio show, we spent basically two years telling you that's a myth. It's a lie. Think about it for one second. College football could not have any less parity than it did in the playoff era pre NIL. It could not have been any worse. It was predictable. It was the same teams every year, stockpiling talent. There was no parity whatsoever. There was no competitive balance. We are three years into the NIL era and everything is inducements, even though the NCAA tried to tell you that it's not. And the playing field is more level than it's ever been. And there are still people that parrot the the, the talking point that, oh, the, the players are only going to go to a select few schools and they just ignore reality in front of them. And reality in front of them says that the players are more spread out than ever. The recruits are more spread out than ever. There are more teams that are capable of competing than ever. This is year four of the NIL era. If the, the players are going to be concentrated with just a few schools, when does that start happening? When does that start happening? Here's the thing. It won't. And so uh, they've just got egg on their face. It, it's, it's awful. It, it truly is awful. Um, and, you know, people have been begging them to enforce their rules, right? And when they finally try, people also rip on them. I understand that. 
but they go about this crap all the wrong way. I mean, it's just laughable. If you haven't seen it, uh, Trey Wallace uh, at OutKick, who who I really like, actually, he's he's covered the Tennessee stuff a lot this weekend. He's got all the releases and the quotes and stuff like that from the NCAA um, and Tennessee alike, and they're worth reading because it shows that um, it's an unserious process. It's just an unserious process. You fear that losses to South Carolina and Kentucky will put Ole Miss back on the bubble? Absolutely it will. They might even be on the wrong side of the bubble if they lose those two games. The metrics are not really in Ole Miss's favor, but that won't be the end of it. It'll just, you know, they'll they'll have to climb back out of that hole. You're not impressed with Kentucky at all, pathetic defensive team. Yeah, it's I mean, playing at Rupp, especially at 8 o'clock at night, is not fun, but they're not impressive, not, not impressive at uh, at all. Rivas being out for the season for Ole Miss is a brutal blow. You're keeping your expectations relatively low. It's it's terrible. It, it really is. I mean, he he was good at the end of last year, and nobody noticed because the team was so bad. Um, there was a lot of talk that he had taken a step forward uh, w- with that team, and so it's just it truly is a shame uh, that 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 happened. I mean, it's a year and a half now that that he's got ruined, and, and with a good year. He would have been, um, you know, playing pro ball this time next year, and, and instead um, he'll be rehabbing. I guess it's going to be uh, Kyler Carmack, maybe somebody else, but but Carmack was assumed to be uh, the fourth starting pitcher uh, for Ole Miss. We'll see what Bianco can do. I, I know last year was a dumpster fire, but Mike Bianco is really good with pitchers. I mean, he's got a two decade long track record to tell you that that he's good uh, with pitching. So we'll, we'll see what he can do, but that is a brutal blow. There's, there's no other way around it. Uh, it, uh, it really sucks for him, especially Luke Dotson is a freshman pitcher. You need to know for state, he has pitched five innings in scrimmages so far and only has given up one hit. He only walked one and has nine strikeouts and people you've seen comparing him to Ethan small. What a great comp that would be. That'd be a great comp. I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind. I'll be honest with you, Hunter. I have not kept up with with the scrimmages at either place. I've been so like locked into basketball, frankly, that I haven't really you know dug into what people have seen at the scrimmages, other than Rivas at Ole Miss getting hurt for obvious reasons. That's incredibly newsworthy. Uh, guy tears his UCL in the scrimmage, but I, I have not kept up with like the stats or anything. Um, from from these scrimmages lately, I need to do that. I shouldn't admit that out loud, but I'm just being honest with you. I have not kept up with what's going on in the scrimmages in either place, but uh, I'm I'm glad you're helping me out with that one. So Luke Dotson, I'll uh, I'll remember that. State has a real shot at not losing again in February. Let's see, let's see what they got here. Um, I don't have the schedules memorized. I really only go uh, a couple a couple weeks at a time, but let's see. Here's the thing, though, that they can't really afford to lose a couple of these. Man, my computer's so jacked up. I recorded a post-game podcast yesterday. And again, for for you guys that are listening in podcast form, you've already heard this. But the second I got done recording, I've got like a 15-year-old Dell laptop. The second I got done recording, it decided to auto-update, and I couldn't recover the audio file. So I just talked for 35 minutes for for nothing last night. So I just went to bed and did it again this morning. So let's see. Georgia at home, Missouri at Missouri, Arkansas at home, Ole Miss at home, at LSU, 
Kentucky in Starkville. That's the rest of the month of February. You cannot afford to lose that game in Columbia. I know it's on the road, but Missouri's really, really bad. Um, Ooh, we'll do this on the radio. This is very radio guy thing, but is Georgia a must win on Wednesday? I think my answer is yes. I think they, they absolutely cannot afford to lose to Georgia and fall to three and seven. I think that will, um, be what we can point to as not making the tournament happening in that game. You can ill afford to lose to Georgia. You can ill afford to lose to Arkansas. The Ole Miss game, I know you want to win it for obvious reasons, but that one won't kill you. LSU and Baton Rouge wouldn't kill you. Kentucky wouldn't kill you. But you got to start stacking wins. Uh, I mean, because after LSU and Baton Rouge, which is tough as hell, it's Kentucky, Auburn at Auburn, A&M at A&M, and South Carolina. So February is easy, but the the close in in March, late February and March, is also really freaking tough for this team. So they got to start stacking wins. They got to start stacking wins now. You think Ole Miss can score with Kentucky because everyone has, but winning in Rupp will be tough. They certainly can. They they, uh, they absolutely can, and especially that they'll have that that buy in there. Uh, they'll they'll be able to get healthy and and you know scheme up Kentucky and things like that. So. I do think they need to start creating more offense for Murray, Morrell, the other Murray, uh, Caldwell. The offense was really bad in the second half uh, against Auburn. Ball stuck too much, looked clunky, inefficient, rushed. Um, we'll see if they can make some adjustments there. Their path to victory being so physically outmatched was to shoot their way into an insurmountable lead and hold on, which they almost did. But yeah, the rebounding kept Auburn in it, and then they took over. Yeah, and again, Mur- Murray's bad night also hurt, but he he's human. You know, I- I'm going to keep saying that because he's been excellent this year, and I feel like, you know, sometimes you can say player had bad night and people think you're piling on. I'm not. I'm just being honest. You know, Juju Murray's got to be better uh, than that if they're going to win. And and again. He's he's human. It's okay. It, it happens. But you know, you got to get more production from him if you're going to win. Bruce Pearl was all class after the game. You really respect him. He is really. Uh, I mean, he's great. He's great for the sport. He, he really is. He he's interesting, thoughtful. You know his his sideline demeanor is like funny too. I mean, he, I think he Bruce Pearl's really good for for college sports. You're a Kentucky fan. Ole Miss can totally win in Rupp. Wouldn't that be something? That might be the path to getting Calipari fired. Not because it's Ole Miss, just because of the season that they're having. And, you know, it doesn't look right at all in Lexington. You know they're young, but they should be better. Absolutely, they should be better. As far as in-state baseball goes, once the Braves leave, you hope you can move all Governor's Cup games to campuses. I have a feeling that will never happen. I don't think it will. It uh, it just depends on how well they're able to keep up the venue. Uh, the the venue's not in particularly great shape. Um, they they haven't done a great job of modernizing it. It's fine, like it's functional. It's just it's not, you know, it's not great either, and that's okay. Uh, but as long as they can keep it functional and 
and, and competent, I think the game's going to stay there. But it is a shame that, that the team's leaving. But the thing is, and I said this on the radio show, I mean, the the, the public outcry, I saw it, and social media is absolutely not the uh, the best gauge of reality. You know, social media popular is not real life popular. It's glaringly obvious. Like, like take Live Golf, for example. Live Golf is incredibly popular on social media, partially because they buy bots to create engagement. But you would think, based on golf Twitter, that Live is popular. But it's not. Nobody watches it. Um, it's just one example among many. You can have, you know, 30,000 Twitter followers, but... and have nothing to show for it. It's just Twitter. It's not real life. But I saw all, I mean, all of the reaction of, oh, this is so terrible. I love the Braves so much. This is so sad. I can't believe this happened. How could they do this? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people commenting about how sad this is. And, And my thought is, if you, if all of you brought this energy into actually going to the games, they wouldn't be leaving. Nobody went. That was the problem. Poorly attended. And when they're poorly attended, they're making no money. They're not going to invest in you if you're not showing up. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Again, the park's not in great shape, but nobody went. My goodness, I I, I go to a dozen or so a year, maybe less or or more, give or take, and nobody goes. It's it's a shame that they're leaving, but I understand why. Worst attended minor league team, second worst attended team in the minors. What did you think was going to happen? Anyway, you think both Ole Miss and State will finish in the bottom half of the West in baseball, in baseball, both above Alabama? I hope not. Postseason baseball is exceptional. State has to beat Georgia or else they're done. I agree. Speaking of done, shout out to Penny Hardaway in Memphis for falling off the map. Hey, they did get a big. Didn't they win? They came back and won, right, on Saturday? Good for them. South Carolina has a legit shot at being the third best team in the conference. Yeah, Paris has done a phenomenal job there. They are legit, and the atmosphere there is legit too. And that's a cavernous place. I know Columbia is huge. I mean, Columbia, South Carolina is a a big metro area. It's really big. It's like 900,000 people in the Columbia metro area. It's more than double the size of the Jackson metro area, I think. Um, So huge place. And obviously – they all pull the rope in the same direction. So that helps, but that is a big, 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 big arena and it's difficult to fill up and and they are doing it um, right now. So tough place to play really good team physical scrimmage stats are fun, but you probably are better off not spending too much time on those. It's not all bad this weekend. Nice win by the lady dogs at A&M. Yeah, there's uh, there's that. You think there's a lot of freaking out for State over the conference record right now, which when it's been crazy hard, even if they win out this month, they'll have less Q1 wins in February than January. How about that? I'm going to sit this one out. It was too painful this weekend. Uh, next weekend won't be uh, so painful, although we won't be live Sunday, obviously, because of the Super Bowl. So keep that in mind. Maybe we'll do something Saturday, just depending. Uh, little man and I are going to a magic show at our church. So, you know, may, may not. It depends on how late we're, uh, we're out. That's, that is my life, by the way. That, that is my life. That is my social life. That is what I do. Uh, that is, it's uh, a magic show at the church is like something that I'm looking forward to a week out. So you know how lame I am. 
Uh, no, it'll be great. He's going to freaking love it. He has no idea. I'm not going to tell him anything other than we're just going to a show. He's going to love it. Almost has a path to open a path open to 10 SEC wins, Missouri twice at state and Georgia. Also, they get South Carolina, Bama and A&M at home. All are winnable in some form. Absolutely. You think Auburn firing on all cylinders is better than all of them? I agree with that. Absolutely. Saw my post about the game locations for the United States men's national team. Only positive is light travel for the players. Yeah, Jay, I'm I'm so furious furious about that. Um, in case you guys didn't know, so we're hosting the World Cup in 2026, uh, sharing hosting sites with Mexico and Canada, but our games are all going to be in the United States. And they chose our three group stage games, so the guaranteed games are Los Angeles, Seattle, and then back to Los Angeles. So, ignoring the, the the location in terms of if they get matched up with somebody, we'll get to that in a second, what an absolute disgrace and a disservice it is to the rest of the country. You are so popular in middle America USA soccer is so popular in Kansas City, where they could have played a game. So popular. It is so popular in Atlanta, where also a a hosting site. You're so popular on the East Coast. And and your, your fan base is growing and growing, and more and more people every year are interested in soccer in this country. And you limit the World Cup games to Los Angeles and Seattle. It's a shame. There's so many people that would have gone to see them play won't now because of location. You didn't throw Middle or East Coast America one bone. They support you through friendlies. They support you through the the Gold Cup. They support you all the time. And you spend the entire tournament on the Pacific Ocean. And on top of that, If you get paired up with a South American nation in one of those L.A. games, you're not going to have a home game in your own freaking country. Like, seriously, that's the issue with Los Angeles, too. Kansas City, it would be all Americans. One side, true home game. Seattle's going to be a true American home game. So that's fine. But Los Angeles, if you are playing one of these South American countries in Los Angeles, you will have a true road game in your own freaking country. So on top of, in the travel logistics, I mean, I understand it, but like Los Angeles to Seattle is not exactly a short trip. I mean, what's the difference between Los Angeles and Seattle and Seattle and Kansas City? Not much, right, on a luxury plane. Uh, I mean, how unbelievably stupid and short-sighted it is, and it's a disservice to all of the American soccer fans Anywhere east of Reno, Nevada. It's an absolute shame. And, you know, I hope we get paired with a South American country. And I hope that they have to play in a road environment and and they realize how stupid they are for doing that. Because in Atlanta, we'd have created a home one. In Kansas City, we'd have created a home one. Seattle will do a great job as well. But those two games in Los Angeles have a chance to be neutral sites at absolute best in our own freaking country. It's ridiculous. I'm so frustrated with that. What a joke that is. What, what, just a disservice to to so many people that support you. You get to choose where you play 
and you do it all in the Pacific Ocean. Shame. It's so stupid. So, so, so stupid. Can't you tell I'm mad about it? I'm still going to go. We're, we're going to one. I, I'm taking him. I know he'll be he'll be six and, you know, six-year-old, almost seven. But that that's tough. That's, you know, still not really super into sports. But I want him to forever say that he got to see the Americans play in a World Cup on, in America. So we're going. It's just going to be a lot more expensive now. So I, out of principle, we're going to Seattle instead of Los Angeles because I actually want to be around Americans at the game. So the Mississippi Braves peaked when Swanson was there, all del- downhill from there. Still wasn't even supported that well when he was there either. How is women's basketball at USC so good? Don Staley, 20-0 again. Don Staley, they're coached well. And it's easier to stockpile players, too, in women's basketball than it is men. That's just the truth. Pretty confident State will win Wednesday, but you don't think it's a must-win at all? No games are a must-win for a projected tournament team in early February. But, man, the loss will hurt their metrics, and they'll fall to 3-7 and seven in conference play. It's hard to overcome. Would I trust State to go to Missouri and win? Not right now. I mean, they certainly can. They're better than Missouri. But trust it? No. Fantasies in women's basketball are arguably the most difficult to stop. Tennessee, UConn, now South Carolina are insane. LSU isn't dynasty material. No. And, And they're just so likable. You know, Kim Mulkey leading the charge on on the likability. LSU might have the uh, duo of least likable coaches in the SEC. I mean, who who would be worse? I know when you, you think, like, duo of coaches, you really only think football and men's basketball. But is there a pair of lead, less likable coaches? than Brian Kelly and Kim Mulkey? I don't think so. I mean, not in the country. Not in the country. But anyway, losing to Georgia means they're 3-7 and seven and probably have to go 6-2 and two with maybe one in Nashville or two to get in. Yeah, that's it would put them in a tough spot. But the metrics love them. A ton of neutral site wins for State. Depending on your fan base, Lane Kiffin and Chris Beard. Yeah, but if you don't like Lane Kiffin, you're a you're a loser. I mean, I hate to say it like that. I, I, I mean, look, I, I know that Auburn people don't like him because he told him no. I, I, I get it. But if you don't like Lane Kiffin, if you don't think at least you cannot like him, but if you don't think that that personality is good for college football. Then, then there's something wrong with you. If you think that college football doesn't need more Lane Kiffin, more guys like him, and less guys like the the buttoned up, tied too tight, politic type people, I don't know what to tell you. He's great for the sport, and that's regardless of where he's coaching. It doesn't matter. I'm not just saying that because I cover Ole Miss every day. He's great. He's objectively great. For college football. Do I believe the rumors that Lane told the two DBs that flipped to Louisville that they should leave just so he could go after the Bama and now Michigan players? 
Um, one of them wasn't going to be able to get into school. So that kind of debunks that anyway. But th- they did, th- they got better prospects on paper. I mean, Trey Amos is better for sure. Now he's a, D- a DB, but still. Um, a true DB, like a, a cover defensive back. But I don't know. I, I, I honestly haven't heard that. But one of them, the Illinois transfer, was was not going to be able to th- – there was a weird academic situation there. So, uh, I mean, you know, I guess technically that is them telling him to go elsewhere. But that's uh, that's all that was. It's LSU in a runaway in the dislike coaches. Imagine if they still had Will Wade, it'd be a trifecta. I've completely come around on Will Wade now. Uh, now. The the post-NCAA scandal, Will Wade has he's, uh, he's turned it around a little bit. I actually kind of appreciate what he's doing. And uh, he's doing, doing nice things at McNeese, so... Anyway, I got to run. I got uh, got some things I got to take care of tonight. I appreciate you guys very much for being here despite the, the, the losses and the sports not being particularly good. We will be back on Tuesday and Thursday, uh, not Sunday, though. I am going to work on doing something, some extended thoughts on the SEC Big Ten deal and, and what that means because I think this is huge. Um, I think we're going to point back to this one day as the catalyst for when change happened. I, I truly think that that real change is actually coming because of those two. So uh, be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you guys are the absolute best, and uh, I'll talk to you again on uh, on Tuesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.